Hello and welcome to Reality Speaks. I am your host, Jake and Horton, and we are here to talk about things. We are to talk about what's really going on in the world. What does the Bible really say, and how should we as Christians really live? Today we are continuing our series on being spirit-led. We talked last week about gentleness. This week it's on to goodness. And if you remember, last week we talked about how gentleness is goodness in action. But what if goodness isn't always so gentle? That's what we're here to talk about today, to answer your questions and to just better understand how is the Spirit really leading. We'll get into all of that right after this. So, we're back again to discuss the topic of being spirit-led. We are talking about goodness today. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thumbs up. Good job. Congratulations. You, you have made a successful pun. I'm so glad that you were able to get that out of your system. Less than 30 seconds in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel so. like that was a little exaggerated just to say thanks, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're you're heading back to the book of Galatians, chapter number 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and that's where we're picking up today. We're talking about goodness today. It's Galatians 5, verse number 22, where we've been reading from. We want to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and the next one on the list is goodness, and Last question we got on last week's, uh, on last week's episode was the question: What is the difference in gentleness and goodness? Since the definition we came up with for gentleness was that gentleness is goodness in action. Very nice. So, what is the difference if goodness is in the definition of gentleness? Well. They can't be the same thing because um, you can't you use need both. the word. No, because you can't use the word in the definition. So, yeah. So, goodness is having very nature of good uh, of good inside of you. We are. It is being just simply good natured. we have here is that goodness is uprightness mm -hmm. of heart and life. It is goodness, kindness, virtue, beneficence, goodness. Beneficence. Beneficence. This exact word is in the Bible four times in this particular way. Yes. Is in the KJV as goodness four times. 
Thank you for pointing that out on my screen repeatedly. She's back. Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, beneficence. Uh, but another way that I found it that I thought found extra interesting is... Uh, I don't remember exactly what the source was, but it was in one commentary. Someone was talking about the word, and they said, goodness is those good actions that may not necessarily be gentle actions. It's uh, like that rather famous verse that says, all things work together for our good you don't know your own good. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Uh, all things work together for good. As I've heard it preached many, many times, that does not mean all things are good. No. But it means all things work together for good. That is literally everything. Everything that's ever happened to you, God has planned it and ordained it to happen in your life so that it will work together for your good. He's going to work it out for your good. Like Hurricane Katrina. Yes, including hurricanes. Including death, including... Everything. He has a purpose for it and he can work it together for the good of those that he has called and ordained to live according to his divine purpose for your life. God has a plan. and But we're not talking necessarily just about God. Because we're talking about being led of his spirit and being like him in many ways in all the ways that we can be like Jesus that is our goal we want to be like Jesus we want to act like him so what does this look like in our life that we are doing this good thing how do we act like that how do we act like Jesus I, I just made myself talk to myself. It's no better advice than from yourself. Uh, that's not true at all. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, we um, are supposed to be like Jesus. Um, I, I also heard this on the note of how God's goodness looks. Um, I was talking to Daddy about that definition. Yesterday, I was talking about this definition of saying that goodness is those things that may not necessarily be gentle. When I said that, he said that really puts an interesting spin on it when you think about him saying in Psalm 23, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He had to differentiate goodness and mercy. He had to set them apart because they were not one and the same. He's done a lot of good for us that may not necessarily have seemed merciful at the time. And I mentioned it actually last week. I mentioned him going in there and talking about goodness is the nature of God. 
so goodness in action. Well, what about the times when Jesus starts calling people vipers and flipping over tables? It's not very gentle. You thieves. But it was good. You dirty thieves. It was him being good. Yeah. He just didn't feel so good. He starts tearing into your life. It don't feel good. It don't feel good when he starts saying that, oh, all that stuff you enjoy, you need to kick back on it. It doesn't feel so good when God starts pushing you to fast. It doesn't feel so good when he says you need to quit watching that TV show. But it is good. And it really doesn't feel good at nah. all. It's just like really anything that's good for you. Like food. Celery is good for you, but doesn't mean it's really good. Exercise is good for you, but sometimes it hurts. Yes, exactly. Um, but that even can apply into our lives. Uh, so what are some things... How, do, how can we show this type of goodness that's not necessarily gentle in the lives of other people? Ah, when people have a toxic habit in their life that you notice that they may not notice, you could, like, help them out. Like, like <laughs> what is that called? There's, like, a special term for it. You set a bunch of people down in a room, you all, write, about you all write letters. It's time yeah. for an intervention. That's... Cause it they don't because to them doing meth is the good thing still, but then when you tell them it's not, you're doing the good for them, but not the good they yeah. think that's the good. I, I heard a guy uh, talking about profound. it. Profound. Profound. I heard a guy talking about. Uh, I love how every time we always go to the worst extreme on the show. I like to. Every time we always go to the worst extreme. Don't throw babies against the wall. Listen, <laughs> Sunday school class. In Sunday school class, I was like, give me an example of selfishness. And Tristan says, kidnapping. <laughs> yes, we, we just got to go to the well, extreme. It's because actually most people's first thought is to the extreme. But when they think about it longer, they realize, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. And then they think of something a little less. But... To get straight to the heart of the topic, I just yes, like to we're going to say out. exactly what you're thinking. I like to blur out the <laughs> first thing that comes to Tristan my mind. Tristan said, Kidnap. I said something a little less extreme. Jenna said, Murder. <laughs> I think that's more extreme. <laughs> that's definitely more extreme. So No, you don't know your own good, Jake, and maybe murder is good for you. <laughs> yes. Not. I, I, I the don't. Bible specifically says not to do so. It says, thou shalt not kill, not thou shalt not murder. It's the same thing. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure there's another verse that says, do no murder. Oh, dang. <laughs> God got me again. I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. Um, but, yes, it could be it could be a meth addiction. Maybe that is the problem that you need to talk to your friends about. But um, it could be something a little more simple. Like, uh, you should tell them that... It's really not good that they're missing church every Sunday. It's not good that they are lying to their boss, to their wife, to their kids. I don't know. Fair enough, indeed. But maybe it's maybe it's something that maybe it really is a porn addiction. Maybe it really is a meth addiction. Maybe it really is. Yes, I really hope it's not a meth addiction, but you know, you know. It, it, it's out there. Somehow they think they're... You can probably tell by looking. 
Not always. If they're addicted, you can probably tell. Not if they just, like, they just got addicted. They're, they're fresh on the boat. <laughs> fresh on the meth boat. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't put that in the podcast. <laughs> we already did. It's, it's done, guys. You done. But still, people have destructive habits, destructive problems. And here's the thing about that. It's very important for you to realize what doesn't feel good to them at the time, you're really being sinister and mean to them if you are pretending it's okay. That's true. Yeah. It just saying, oh, buddy, it's no problem that you've got that. It, it, yeah, you know what? We love you and accept you just the way you are. You're supposed to love and accept them just the way they are. But to accept them does not mean to accept what they're doing. No, no. Oh. And enable. Yeah, don't be an enabler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I heard a guy put it this way today. Basically, he said, uh, telling the truth without love is cruel. But having love without telling the truth is also cruel. Crueler. And possibly, yeah, even even more cruel. I like those even more cruel, not crueler, not a donut. We're not talking about donuts, guys. <laughs> it's okay. It's third you're stage supposed to be fasting right play. now. <laughs> no. Don't, don't forget, like... you're, don't forget. Pastor said you're supposed to be fasting some this month. No donuts. You're not my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Your pastor did say that. <laughs> he didn't say no donut. Well, you're right. He no. said fast. He, he said, said fast with you. Just make sure you fast for twenty one days. He said fast days. something all these twenty one days. So maybe your maybe your fast is supposed to be donuts, Texas. I don't know. I don't feel like I encounter enough donuts. I feel like it'd be that too easy. Just uh you know, if they happen to bring them into work tomorrow. Meth. Yeah. Uh, Today I'm starting a meth fast. <laughs> Let's not ever again say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we really draw shouldn't. the line right here. Probably really shouldn't say that. Anyway, guys. Something, it is bad to pretend that your friends are okay when you know they're not okay. When they know they're not okay. Like, you know, it, it's one thing. You have a friend. They're a sinner. You know they're a sinner. They don't pretend not to be a sinner. And they lie to somebody. But if they're claiming that they're an okay, absolutely saved person, and you just saw them lie to their pastor's face, maybe you should say something about it. But with love. Love. That is the key here. When Jesus came in, Jesus did not just... Uh, in one of his acts of mercy, one of his acts of gentleness was when he, uh, the woman was brought before him and they asked, should we stone this woman? And he said, no. He who is without He said, he who is without sin cast, cast the first stone, stone and then everyone walks away one by one. And then he says, woman, where are your accusers? She says, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn thee. All right, see you later. Is that what he said? No. Nah. He said, now don't do this ever again. <laughs> he said, don't do this ever again. Don't give him an excuse to accuse you anymore. That's what we're going to do here. That's, this is how we're handling this today. As long as you go off and don't sin anymore, we're going to be good. 
But if they get dragged, if they have to drag you up again, I'm not gonna give you any guarantees on what I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's like imagine Bible stories, <clears throat> but the moment where they have that climaxing point, like where it all meets together, they say something like different, like like when Nathan comes to David to tell him about his sin with Bathsheba and remind him that it's wrong. He tells him that long story about the rich man and the, like the poor man and the sheep. And then instead of saying, you aren't the man, he's like, do you know the man? Because I don't know him. And then that's the story. And it ends. Yeah, that's a very anticlimactic story. And absolutely, that's another example of this whole point. Is That's another story that's a perfect example. It works. Obviously. Is if he just leaves out the final climax to the story... Then he's an enabler. He's just enabling David's sin. He's like, hey, uh, God told me to tell you something. Told me to tell you this story. This story have a point? Nah. Nah. I was just wondering if you knew this dude. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Do you think the story has a point? Because how many times have you done that? Oh, tried to get someone to... Basically, uh, you preach a message and they're in the altar and... They're kind of just doing their basic average prayer, and you know they're dealing with it. And you just kind of say, so what do you feel like God's telling you right now? To try and get them to say it themselves, because you don't want to tell them. <laughs> you, you, I, I know I've done it. I feel like I understand. Yeah, I know I've done it, but that's not being good to them. Being good to them is saying, hey... You need to deal with this. You need to work through this. Because if you don't work through this, <laughs> if you don't if you don't quit living with your boyfriend, you you you're gonna keep living in sin. True. If you if you keep on it, look, I know you two are sleeping around. That's not that's a sin. You can't be a Christian and do that. And look, you I care about you very more, deeply. Um, I can't. Yeah, you lead with the love. Always. Easy with your words yeah. than what you just said, though. Well, yeah. yeah. What you just said wasn't really leading with the love. Yeah, I know. You need to lead <laughs> with the love, obviously, but those words need to come out. It's like you got to do like the that method where you like give them a compliment and then like criticize <laughs> them. It's like, you know. Your hair looks really good today, but you really should stop sleeping with your boyfriend because you're going to go to hell. <laughs> Maybe not that way. Lead with a compliment. <laughs> no, really, what I, I heard someone I heard someone describe that, actually. They said, really, this uh, compliment sandwich you always hear about, he's like, really, the real word you need to describe that is is basically it's a poop sandwich. Yeah. Because <laughs> how, how do you feel, how would you feel if I gave you a sandwich that was donut- Poop donut. You're still only going to remember the poop. I would say, Jake, and why would you give me a poop sandwich? What the heck, dude? Well, at the same time, how do you feel if I said, man, you you did really great today, but at that one song in the middle, you sounded absolutely terrible, but great job. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you're not going to remember that. That's not going to feel loving. So, obviously, we have to handle these things with love. So what, you need, so, what we have to do is we just have to make, we just have to let them know, here's why I'm telling you this, is the major point, 
is I'm telling you this because I care about you. And I'm going to tell you this in a way that I give you a way to fix it, not just a problem. Yeah. And obviously, first and foremost, you have to have a relationship with this person on top of everything else. You don't walk up to a stranger that you never talked to in church and tell them they're sinning. No, nah, that doesn't go over well, dude. I mean, unless they've never been before and say, hey, if you've got something you're dealing with, here's the answer to your problem. True. And I'm here to pray for you anytime. <laughs> but you can't just go visit a church and be like, hey. Hey, I know you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You're a sinner, man. <laughs> I don't need to pray. <laughs> this is uh, obviously one of the harder topics to address because I know some people take this very badly. And they're like, oh, I just got an excuse to tell everyone in the church just how big of a sinner they are. No. <laughs> I just works. got an excuse. They, got, they just told me, look, I'm being good here. No, you, you're... You. There's also a verse in the Bible that says, God hates those that sow discord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking about the streaming service. <laughs> True. I'm saying, don't be going out there causing drama on purpose. So, where's the fine line? You've got to establish healthy relationships. That's that's where the thing comes in. We've got to establish healthy relationships. So, how do we establish those healthy relationships? Goodness. Well, actually, there's a very nice psychology word that a lot of counselors like to use that really put it in for very well. Friendliness. No. Boundaries. <laughs> you need to have relationships with good boundaries. Oh. <laughs> uh, the first place I really heard the word was good old Dr. Cloud. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's book by the same title was the place. Friendliness. <laughs> Not friendliness. <laughs> we need to have relationships Someone with boundaries. Someone needs to write a book on friendliness. They have, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of books on friendly friendliness. How to win friends and influence people. Go read it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> friendliness is not a fruit of the spirit, guys. So do with that what you will. Friendliness is not a fruit of the spirit. So be gentleness, though, is gentleness probably pretty is. much a synonym. <laughs> it's a pretty good synonym. Yeah. Friendliness is not a fruit of the spirit. So sometimes you got to do stuff that may not seem too nice at the time. Like putting mud in somebody's eyes. Well, Jesus did that. Don't do it unless Jesus tells you that, though. Yeah. Make sure you're filling the spirit before you go shoving mud balls in folks' eyes. Or rubbing your own spin, somebody. Yeah. yeah. Just imagine that good old, that blind guy, just suddenly hearing the... <laughs> Sir, I just feel like God told me that yeah. my spit would carry your mind. I'm pretty sure they may not come to church again if they don't get healed. (laughs) If they don't get healed, they're not coming back. It's like, God's merciful in that moment. He's like... God's like, okay, we gotta make sure this guy's saved. He's meant to be a missionary to Asia. So we're gonna let him be healed in this moment. (laughs) It's like, but it's not me that God's spit. I mean, when he washes his eyes clean from the casting. Okay, so look, you might not want to open your eyes right now, so go. Yeah, that's not, that don't feel great at the time. And it's not going to feel great at the time when you tell your, when you tell your uh, friends 
that, hey, look, there are certain roles I'm going to have to establish in this relationship. We've got to establish some roles in this relationship. And that role is, look, I'm not going to enable you to follow your sinful habit anymore. So that's what we need to be doing. We need to make sure that we are operating under the picture of real, genuine goodness. Yeah. Which is uh, not enabling people to sin. That is one of the key points. And that's telling people hard truth. Um, that is, in like, when God, some of the good stuff he did was, uh, he made sure that he, when he come to this earth, he gave us a way. And he gave us a way to be saved. And that was putting a very terrible thing in the action which was the crucifixion and yeah there were storms that he used to deliver people there was mud balls there was <laughs> yeah it didn't seem so good then but then you're like well you know there's fasting there's uh, all those how sorts of else things. could it have happened and it didn't look so great and people were rejected, and people had to leave their jobs that was nice, good-paying jobs for living a life of poverty as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And that was how his spirit led them, and how his spirit's leading us sometimes is through times when your preacher's going to make you mad, <laughs> through times when your friends might make you mad. I've had some of those experiences where I ended up hearing, yeah, did you really have to do that? Why did you do that? And I absolutely hated at the time that they said such a thing. Why Why would you say that? Why would you do that? Why would you tell me that? And then afterwards, you go home and you start praying and you're like, Oh God, they were right. I, I, I really shouldn't have said anything that I said that day. And if I said it, I really shouldn't have said it the way that I said it. True, true. That's where that whole... Uh, you know, that moment of, you know, really, you shouldn't have told her that if you keep on sleeping with your boyfriend, you're going to go to hell. That's not very loving. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's the ultimate key to all of this thing that I'm saying. We need to be good to people. Some ways that that goodness comes in is no chastisement at the present time seems good but it makes us better it's when your parents gave you a whooping <laughs> that didn't seem too good but that is the mark of a good parent is someone who will punish their children when they do wrong discipline their children when they do wrong true and explain why one of the worst parts of most of the whippings that I received was the long, long talk before it. When you were just like, can before you just after. whoop me already? Before and after. Yeah, before like, and after the whipping, yeah. Or you have like a really literal parent that's like, the reason I'm whipping you is because when I think this way in my head, the neurons travel from my brain to my nerves, which activates my <laughs> muscles moving my arm back like this. And then coming forward, like... 
Never had that conversation. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. Okay. That's what Corbin's going to be hearing. Ain't it? <laughs> it's like, son, the reason why I'm whipping you is because gravity times the speed of me swinging this back. <laughs> Impact yeah. with your bottom. <laughs> we need the discipline. We need these things. And one of the best things that we can do is really when you can be good to yourself. Indeed. We need to learn how to do stuff for ourselves that's not necessarily uh, ideal at the time. I mean, we talked about exercise. That's good. It profiteth little, as the Bible says. The Bible says exercise profiteth little. Yeah, bodily exercise profiteth little. Does it really? Yeah. I had no idea that was in the Bible. Bodily of the exercise. I will gladly, I will gladly believe you though. You don't have to show me. <laughs> There's more to the verse. <laughs> Stop. Poor bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable to all things, having promise of a life that now is and that which is to come. So, does that mean... Never mind. I'm not going to get into that. It's completely off subject. Basically... It just made me imagine people like going for runs in biblical times, and it was weird. Well, I mean, the Olympics existed back then. Not the Olympics, but... The original Olympics existed back then. So there was uh, marathon running, and there was all that kind huh. of stuff. There was marathon, there was discus, there was javelin throws, and I don't know what all exactly it was entailed, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of verses about Paul's talking about getting in shape and exercise, actually. More than one. He used a lot... I don't know, maybe Paul was the guy that inspired all the modern day preachers to use all their sports metaphors, honestly. Paul did use quite a few of them. I bring my body under subjection and talk about beating at the wind like shadow boxing. And <laughs> press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. That's that's a racing metaphor. We all these things, but yeah, bodily exercise profit little, but we need to be brought under subjection. Uh, that he talks about it. Present your body as a living sacrifice. All these things, whatever you want in your life, we need to start doing it now. Yeah. Because if we, whatever goal, whatever New Year's resolution you might have, we've got to put ourselves under subjection to make sure they happen. One of the most important things is that we need to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. So lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. I know I'm mixing verses together there, but it all applies. We need to have that furthering stuff inside of us. We need to become more like that. And that's good. That's being good to us. But what what are some other examples of stuff we can do that's good, that makes us just generally have that spirit of goodwill and be beneficial? What are some other things that you can think of that's that picture? Servanthood. Recycling. Shout out, Texas. Oh, 
I'm being serious. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. It can be a serious answer, but you weren't being serious. <laughs> we need to be, yeah, so we do need to be willing to take care of other people. That's, uh, and honestly, we, we need to make sure that we have roles and borders, but we do need to make sure, hey, as long as you are going to be living your righteous life, I will enable you to live a righteous life. That's what we need to be enabling. That's how we need to be serving with it, how we need to be taking care of people is showing them that example of what a good godly life is. We need to be we need to be that example. We need to be a servant. For sure. We need to recycle, sure. <laughs> Those are not just simple. sure, Jacob. <laughs> Who's gonna fix this world if we don't take care of it? You gonna take care of it? <laughs> you gonna start taking your recycling to the to the dump like it's supposed to? Nah. <coughs> well, at least you could. Be a I said you here. could. I didn't say I recycled. <laughs> <laughs> you got mixed messages coming across there. You gotta you gotta be good for real. Don't be don't don't just be saying it only. Hey, you you gonna say it, you better do it. I was promoting. Don't be preaching what you don't want people to follow. I was promoting the idea of recycling. <laughs> okay. But we do have to be real through and through. We need to be spirit led and the spirit is leading us. Sure, we do need to take care of this world, maybe. Uh, and I, I will say that is a good principle, good idea to generally just be a good steward of what has been given to us. Trash. You're trash just like me. That's not what I was saying. No. I know. <laughs> I know it's not. But um, we need to be making sure we're taking care of stuff. We need to be leading in this world in the right way. We need to be showing servanthood. It is extremely important. And we need to lead this world. So, some stuff that don't necessarily look good, but is good. All things work together for good. We need to make sure that everything that we do works together for good to the people around us. Because we're supposed to be like Jesus. And he works all things together for good to us. We need to make sure everything we're doing works together for good to the people around us. So, what does that mean? That means making our lives a living example of Jesus. Showing mercy, all those things that we talked about, goodness in action last week. We need to be merciful when people sin against us. We need to be doing things. But we need to make sure that we are speaking the truth in love as well. As we talked about several times, we need to be doing that. We need to be willing to speak up when something's not right. But don't do it in an obnoxious way. What's the right way to say, hey, that's not right? It's according to the situation. Hey, that's not right. <laughs> hey, that's not right. Unless you speak a different language. Okay. So, what's the right way to say... For example, that you see someone 
you, you, your best, you find out your best friend's cheating on his wife. What's the best way to point out, that's not right, without looking like a total obnoxious jerk? Tell his wife. Ask my pastor, because I don't know. <laughs> that is probably the best possible answer you got there. Okay, what if, what if it's not gone that far yet, and you just notice your buddy's flirting with someone okay, then that's at a work? Bit different. Tell his wife. No. No. Thing number one from biblical Especially principles. Especially if it hasn't actually happened yet, because then you're going to call it divorce when he hasn't even done anything yet. Or maybe not divorce, just a lot of fights. <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess that's true. <laughs> At minimum fighting. At but, that point, the best way to handle it would be to non-accusingly say something to him. Hey, bro, and tell him if something there. doesn't change, you are going to tell him. Yeah, and that's where all this establishing boundary <laughs> stuff really starts to work. <laughs> Something yeah. doesn't change. Something don't change. But you think he should tell his wife? Hey, Texas told me <laughs> that I need to. <laughs> Texas told me that I needed to talk to you about this. I would, if I was the guy, I wouldn't start it that way. No, I agree. <laughs> Fine. But that's how any. But not all guys are smart. <laughs> boys are trouble. All you girls out there, just all you little children out there, boys are trouble. Just leave them alone. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> Unless you're married. I said little girls. <laughs> I hope no little girls are married. <laughs> Some more. Yeah. I got. Arranged marriages. Yeah. But seriously, uh, the biblical example of how to handle something is said, first of all, confront them privately. Say, hey, we're going to have a short little conversation where I just point out. If my friend came up to me and said, hey, we're going to have a short little conversation, I'd be like, wait, you are not, you are not my therapist. <laughs> That's not the way I was meeting. That literally started. I was just like, "Hey, I just noticed this. What's the best way to start it? Then can you tell us the way to start this conversation?" Well, that one was fine, but the other one sounded like you were trying to explain something to a three-year-old. It's <laughs> gonna make the other person hostile. No, I was just explaining as I talked. Have a short little conversation about what you feel is going on and maybe needs to be handled differently. Take them out to eat. If this doesn't work and they keep on doing it, the Bible says next thing you do is bring along a witness with you to say, hey, I tried to handle this properly. <laughs> and your witness should probably be a pa like your pastor. A pastor, a youth pastor, someone who's not... Not just a third party who's going to make them feel like you're just getting just up on them. The cashier. Someone the trustworthy. Say, hey, hey, oh, oh, what's your name, Tex? Hey, Maggie, can you? <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> like, while you're at it, give me a classic beef and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no. The Bible says next thing, in the presence of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. That's where that verse actually happened. <laughs> That's where that verse actually comes in. Uh, then after that, 
things get more complicated, but really, that's this is the intervention model Texas was talking about earlier in the presence of two or three witnesses. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea yeah, the first the, time. So then they're not as hostile. The, the first time people. that's not as hostile is it's just me and you. Interventions are actually friends. very hostile. Yeah. I'm not talking about intervention. I'm talking about going to Narby's, chilling your no, butt. No, I was talking about... Being like, hey, man. I wasn't talking about that. Yeah. Two or three witnesses, and then after that, that's when it starts getting more Oh, okay. No, yeah. After a while. After you get two or three witnesses, it actually says to bring them before the church and talk. Yeah. Uh, that's like, not exactly... The way most people handle things, that probably wouldn't work very well. Yeah. Um... That's where you maybe just set up a meeting with pastor and say, hey, we really need to talk. Yeah, usually the second one gets it, no. I would think. No. no. And none of these things seem nice on the surface, but they are important. They are biblical precedent of how things are handled. Uh, they may not seem nice, but this is how you be good when someone is innocent. <laughs> And, uh, you know, even on the on that basis, there is something else that's really good that so often we neglect to do. And that is, tell your sinner friends about Jesus. <laughs> that's not quite out of nowhere. This is an important conversation that needs to be had that too often we forget to do. I got you. Um, and I'm on the same list. I'm... I'm on that list of people who really miss out on that point a lot. Where I'll talk to someone for a long time before finally I'm like, okay, uh, this is, a, a, it's a hard conversation to have sometimes. If you're not used to it, it's a hard conversation to have. Sometimes people find it easier to talk to total strangers than their best friends about Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine with knocking on a stranger's door and inviting them to church, but my coworker, <laughs> I know his opinions. <laughs> He's mean. My coworker, look, we're good to talk about basketball and how Kentucky bailed in for the national anthem, but we're not going to talk about the possible biblical uh prophecies going on all around us so I don't know about bringing that up I don't know about bringing them up to go to church with me I'll talk to you about sports I'll talk to you about how cra how that crazy stuff going on at the capitol but I don't know about talking about Jesus <laughs> but if all you're gonna do is just talk about unimportant things and never mention Jesus that's not good that's not speaking the truth that's not speaking the truth in love I mean, so you got any tips there? How do you bring this topic up without looking like a jerk? To a total stranger? Or to no, how do you your bring friend? up Jesus without looking like a jerk? Yeah, because there are people who can look like jerks when they do it. Yo, dog. I'm pretty sure... Hey, you're a dirty, rotten sinner that needs Jesus, buddy. I'm pretty sure the answer to that question is to just <clears throat> never let it... I mean, and if you've already let it, but... Let it get so detached. Yeah. No. Never let it be like it's weird that you talk about Jesus. Yeah. 
if you don't don't end up fifty don't end up fifty don't end up fifty years down the road and like oh so I've never told you actually I'm a Christian that goes to church every Sunday that's why we never hang out on Sundays. Fair enough. <laughs> what? Most likely, if you're listening to this, you're probably not fifty years old unless you're pastor. That was unless you're dead. <laughs> actually, I'm. Actually, I think there's quite a few people. Or Sister Show. I don't think very many young people actually watch us. So. Probably not. <laughs> but, hey, if you are young, you should like, share, and subscribe with the more your young friends. because <laughs> <laughs> you two are old. Uh, if, if you're under the age of 30, you should totally share this with all your other under 30 friends. I mean, if you're over 50, I'm fine with that too, but just saying... <laughs> You don't want to eat around. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm just thinking of the average podcast listener age. It's typically in their 20s. Well, this but this is a podcast. Yes. You should, uh, we're going to be posting a link on the Facebook page later. You should share it out and get us some podcast based listeners. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, but seriously, there. Yeah, that's one of the best things is we need to make sure it is totally natural Am I tired? for us to talk to people about Jesus. That needs to be one of the most natural things in our lives is that we talk to people about Jesus. That needs to be a normal thing for us. And that's one of the most good things you could do is share salvation with a sinner. I mean, Jesus, how far did Jesus get into most of his conversations before he started talking about eternal matters? From the looks of it, not very far. Nicodemus, it was like, hey Jesus, all your all this stuff you talk about, I know you, you've got to be coming from God. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. What? That's the way Jesus handled his conversations, apparently. It's very purpose. Yeah. Purposeful. We, we get to the woman at the well one chapter later. Hey, can I get a drink of water? Why are you, uh, what, why are you even talking to me? Well's deep. How do you plan on getting water? Well, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask me for water. What? <laughs> 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 Jesus didn't let his conversations and his relationships get too uh, far before he hit the heart of the matter <laughs> get straight to that point like Texas was talking about earlier use the extreme illustration so that people ask questions <laughs> true let's, let's hop straight to the meth example or at the same time there is something more serious than meth that every person on this earth has to deal with. And sin. that is sin that will send you to well, hell. Technically, it's the same problem. Well, it is the same problem, sure. But if you're... You can't say if meth you're is more serious than sin because meth gives sin. Well, yeah, my point on it was this. Meth gives you problems on earth. Sin will give you problems forever. Meth will do both. Meth will do both, (laughs) yes. But my point was, you may think lying isn't serious, but it really is just as serious. Yeah, true. Yeah, because in the end, both send you to hell. Yeah. True. 
It is absolutely serious. And you need to be able to hit straight to the point. But do it in a way that people realize, oh, they really care about me. Not in a way that they think, oh, they're a nasty, judgmental Christian. Just like all the rest of them. I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> because this nasty, judgmental Christian is getting all up in my business. Yeah, we need to we need to deal with it. We need to get to the point. So, anyway. Any final thoughts? Any questions anyone might have? We're getting close to it. And we need to... Probably about time to wrap things up around here. So if anyone's got any other questions or any other thoughts, something like maybe you think we didn't necessarily handle everything as well as you'd like, any topics we haven't touched on as well as you like, you can put it in the comments. You could send us a private message on our Facebook page here. Or if you're listening on the podcast, you could... Uh, like long after maybe you're listening to a podcast episode in 2022 uh, it's uh, mid-November I don't know you can always send us an email realityspeaks2020 at gmail.com which will then be outdated because it will be 2022 well it is 2021 and we still have the same email it is still realityspeaks2020 <laughs> at gmail.com so uh, please shoot us an email if there's any episodes that you would like us to cover in the future on anything from uh, we could hit something as deep and serious maybe we'll actually get on meth addiction and talk to someone for real about how to get over that I don't know for sure it, it, it'd be a good one to it'd be a good one to handle at some point in time maybe just addiction yeah not specifically meth addiction hey if we if we could talk to a meth addict about how they got over it. And that'd be an interesting episode for sure. Indeed, or talk to a current meth addict. <laughs> that may not be quite as helpful. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> We're gonna talk to Walter White about his issues. Well, you good apostolics probably don't understand that reference, but anyway. I don't, either. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's a meth dealer. I'm going back to the recording. Okay. I actually turned the recording off for a second. Do we have any uh, other questions or comments? I haven't seen them. Okay, there it is. I'm just now starting to see everything. It's your ma. Yeah, we've got some more comments that I didn't see. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and all of these uh, that we've mentioned, we need to make sure that we are treating people the way that we want to be treated, for sure. That is the key to all of this uh, acting in love. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just now seeing a lot of these comments that we got, so... <laughs> Uh, that's the reason that I hadn't addressed that. Um, because I hadn't seen some of these comments we've got. Uh, will you talk about the golden rule? How would you want someone to do that to you? And yes, uh, where I come in about talking in truth, uh, 
with people and making sure that we do it in love. That is the ultimate key to do it in love. Uh, and we need to make sure that we're always praying for people, for sure. All these things that I'm just now seeing. Love God, love people. Help people that are suffering and less fortunate, for sure. 100%. I just, we need to make sure that we are doing all that. So, do we have any other thoughts on that? Golden rule, how's this apply in making sure that we are treating people right? Any other thoughts? No. Statements, questions. Alright, so I I that is the ultimate key. We to make sure we're good, we need to make sure that we are acting right. We need to make sure that we are doing what the Bible says. We need to make sure that we're praying for people. Hundred percent. Uh so it may not they may feel like it's nothing for what we're doing. But if we are following the Word of God, we're living the way Jesus said to live, that's all we need. That is 100%. That's what we need. Alright. So I think maybe we can head out in prayer. Uh, if we didn't hit on anything you really wanted us to hit on, let us know, for real. Um, one of the very last questions we got last week was, uh, what's the difference in Jonas and goodness? And we said, we will tackle that next episode. I hope we tackled it properly. I hope everyone is, uh, and if we haven't tackled it properly, let us know. And we will uh, try our best to get back on that. So... If uh, we would, if everyone would, uh, just um, we will uh, head out on prayer in this episode. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you have yet to do. You are awesome, wonderful, and holy God. I pray that you would lead us to help us to be like you. In every way, God. That you would help us to speak the truth in love. That you would not let us back down from what really matters. And that you would help us to be truly kind, truly gentle, truly loving to everyone that we meet. In Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you for all that you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. So next week, we will be back again. And we will be tackling faith. And what's the difference in faith and uh, a gift of faith, maybe? What's the difference in saving faith, gift of faith, uh, fruit of the spirit of faith? 
There's plenty of ways to handle faith and what it really means. Uh, so, we will be back to talk about that next week. Hope that you can join us. Hope we can answer your questions. And if you have any questions heading into it about faith, just let us know. And we will answer those questions right here. Same time, same place, next week. Bless you.